Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And that time has finally arrived. Boxhead, Origin Game 1, Wednesday night, Suncorp Stadium. The Blues defending their series victory from last year. 2-1 series victory, which saw a new generation of New South Wales players, a new coach, a completely new culture, and somewhat of an end of a generation for Queensland. There was a a fair bit of turnover last year, in particular, with uh, that spine completely finished in that Origin Arena. Besides, Billy Slater obviously came back and played I think it was the last two games after missing game one, but realistically, we're in a completely new generation of origin now. Absolutely, yeah. Um, looking forward to game one. Uh, new era, as you said. The Cameron Smith return hasn't happened, uh, and uh, looking forward to the start of the series. It's, it is a little bit strange, isn't it, talking about New South Wales defending their title? Hasn't happened very often in the last, you know, decade at least. So. Uh, it's exciting. I, I love that it's kicking off at Suncorp. Uh, I, I I like the model where there's. It's a good storyline for this I, year. I, think. I just like the model where it's it's two in Queensland and one in New South Wales. I, I know that we've got to grow the game, but I'd like to maybe see them only take one game away every four years. Uh, well, if they're going to do it, I, I understand, but maybe every second year, and then it goes back to that series. Because I said it to you, I think last year and we went through it. I can't remember the last time we had two New South Wales games. I think it was. When I went to it Europe. Was, it was when you went to Europe. And I said to you at the time, I wasn't worried because I didn't think we were going to win this series, which mm-hmm. ended up being the case. But when you look at it from that perspective, 2016, so 17, 18, we're obviously in, or 19 now. We went last year, Melbourne. The year before, was it two in Queensland? I think so. Yeah, so it's, it's hard to know. It's been a bit all over the joint. But if they're going to take a game away, I think every second year, so it's fair well, and I it rotates. now that you've got Magic Weekend, that could in lieu fill in that hole for... You know what, what would have been the origin? Do you understand what I mean? Like, yeah, like to move around yeah. to take that. You could, like, I you just said. think origin is is New South Wales and Queensland. I understand we've got to grow it's, the game. It's, it's a genuine. I just think we could we could slot other elements of it. It's a genuine advantage, though. Yeah. it is a genuine advantage. It's, it's a but big it's thing, a huge thing for, for like for someone like you. You don't attend many games, but if there's two origins in Sydney, you're going to both of them. Oh, always for the most part with work. Coaching, commentating things that are going on on most weekends, you're right. I don't really travel around to random grounds. And my team being out of state also doesn't really encourage me to yeah. go to a lot. But as you said, the fixtures I attend every single year are generally at least two origins. Sometimes we fly to one out of state. Yeah. If, you know, like last year we did uh, had a, a game there that we went to as well. But, uh, you know, grand final, some finals games, and then sometimes we go to test matches and that. But for the most part, yeah, not being a Panther fan, I don't really attend Penrith games. So, yeah. Um, I'd like to see it brought back. But for this week's show, uh, as compared to last week's in our normal club rounds, there'll be no power rankings during the origin-affected period. It's pretty hard to give teams a fair 
crack on that side of things, considering that some are so heavily affected and others aren't. The fan questions this week will give them a rest. We've been hammered with those for the last couple of weeks, and I assume that most will be answered in the origin section that we're going to be doing anyway. For the most part, there's not going to be a lot of questions, I assume, out of what happened on the weekend mm. from those games and tips. We're looking at doing tips, but I guess we can wait until our origin review on Wednesday. Awesome. Well, that's that's the idea. I reckon we try and... Well, we're throwing up some ideas about what we're going to do with State of Origin, but um, we'll keep our powder dry at the moment, see what our schedules look like, and hopefully we're definitely going to do an Origin review, yeah. put it that way. Worst so. case, I think it'll be Thursday at the latest, yeah. but there is a possibility, depending on work and things on Wednesday, we might be able to do one after the game. Straight after the game. So yeah. we'll see how that works out. But when we do our Origin review for Game 1, we'll do our tips for the round. But as far as today goes, in-depth preview of Game 1, as we spoke about, Last week on the show, we'll go through both sides, key points, key matchups, all the bits and bobs, the players, um, you know, things that we're looking for. And then we'll move into a quick review of round 12 and then just have a talk of some of the stuff that happened through the week instead of a set of six. So mm. any news that's been going on, any happenings from the weekend, uh, just covering all bases, I guess. Yep, love it. Let's get into it. Those two lineups, though, that we spoke about for game one, Queensland on their team list. You've got Kalen Ponga at fullback in great form. On the wings, Dan Gagai, Corey Oates, the centres. Will Chambers, Michael Morgan, the back row is Felice Kafusi with Matt Gillette, the halves, Munster, Cherry Evans, the front row, Papali, Arrow locking the scrum, is Maguire and the hooker is Ben Hunt on the bench. Joe Offerhengawi, Dylan Napa, Moses Mbai and David Fafida. We spoke about it last week. As far as choices for the side, not really surprised by many. I guess there's a, a lack of outside backs with some of the injuries that they've suffered and some of the guys they possibly could have brought in. I guess picking Morgan in the centres is a bit of a risk, but at the same time, you're just trying to put your best players on the field, three debutantes. Um, they rolled over some players, like we said last year as well. But overall, uh, I'm not really surprised. Yeah, a couple of injury concerns, like Maguire obviously carrying the calf injury, Cherry Evans carrying the ankle injury. So they haven't played a lot of footy in the last six weeks. So that'll be of interest. Arrow's hip flexor. Yeah. He pulled out of training hit. again the other day. Yeah, so. and missed the game leading into Origin, the game that the Titans won at Manly. He was um, eligible to play in that game, but didn't and still got selected. So... The one, the interesting one is Ben Hunt at nine. I know it worked in game three last year. It was a dead rubber. Uh, I, I like him there. I don't have an issue with him there, but he's, he doesn't play his week-to-week footy there. I think he's a player that they could target um, in that lineup, and also Morgan out of position. There's, I think you know you can go with one player significantly out of position, but they've got two that are significantly out of position for me. Kafusi uh, not in great form, so there's a few holes there that I could poke. I'm not in love with the Moses and Buy selection. Uh, at 14, I would have tried to reshuffle the side and, and play uh, either Morgan or Hunt as my 14 because I think your bench is vitally important. I'm not sure what sort of capacity Moses and Bayer is going to come onto the field in. I think that um, one was the one we spoke about last week and the fact that I would have picked Felt on the wing despite limited games and pushed Gagai into the centres. But I think they've seen in the few times he's played there that defensively he's not exactly the strongest and he's obviously been a man of the match on the wing. So mm. putting Morgan there, does that fix it? I don't know. He hasn't played centre since his days in the Queensland Cup. Is he strong defensively? He's obviously a big body, but I'm with you. It's a difficult position to defend. Yeah. From the half spot, though, realistically, he's only one out further. Uh, defensively than what he's used to defending at. So, uh, but I, I reckon it's really, really even split. I reckon at the moment the four form players in the competition are Kalen Ponga and Cameron Munster, who are playing for Queensland, and James Tedesco and Damian Cook, who are playing for New South Wales. You've got Cody Walker as well. Sorry, Cody, so. Cody Walker, yeah. But I just think those, those four in particular are just going to be really, really key in their position 
uh, particularly the fullback battle or matchup, mm. that's an unbelievable matchup. Just watching both of them return the ball and also get on the end of some backline movements is going to be really exciting. So I, I can't wait for the game. Queensland side, I don't know what to read into Queensland. I, I could see a world in which where they get blown out, but I could see a world where they blow New South Wales out as well. They've got just a lot of players there who have got enormous potential, but not many of them are that tried and tested at this level, are they? But I guess that's a, a product of having so many players retire and having a few injuries. Um, well, you throw standouts as far as not even just number of games. Well, I guess they're the ones with the number of games, but more time on the field would be Matt Gillette, Josh Maguire, and Will Chambers. They're the but guys. I'm not as confident in them as what I was, say, three or four years ago. Yeah, and we're in a similar situation with turnover. We've got a handful of guys, say, you've got... Tyson Frizzell, who's played a fair few Origins now. You've got Boyd Cordner, who's played a fair few Origins. Tedesco's been there for enough time now. And David Clemmer. So in the sense of guys that actually have multiple years' experience, there's only you know three or four on each side. I think it's more the new blood that you refer to that I look at and think that we've probably got the better of the new blood at this point in time. Yeah, we do, definitely. And I think yeah. the fact that those guys that came in last year when we debuted 11 players mm. ended up maintained... winning the series, which is a different confidence boost as compared to debutants in the past coming into a losing side. Mm. And we've maintained three of our four spine players. The one that missed out was James Maloney through form. Cleary, you could argue that he, he should have, could have, would have, might have missed out if Luke Keary was fit, but he's there, he's in the position. Uh, I think he'll do a good job. He did a good job last year. So hopefully that role doesn't change too much. So Freddie hasn't put any more on him, which I, I don't think Freddie had the capacity in which to do so. So no. he just have to ask him to do some simple things, I think, defend well, kick well, uh, and run the ball. I, I think Nathan Cleary plays well when he's running the ball, and I'd like to think that this New South Wales forward pack get him on the front foot and get him over that advantage line. And you're going to see Nathan Cleary's strongest part of his game, which is running and just playing short uh, or giving early ball to James Tedesco. I think the role for him has got to be really, really simple. Yeah, and addressing that New South Wales side as we move on to their side of the ball. James Tedesco is the fullback. Josh Adokar retains his spot on one wing. Nick Kotrick debuting on the other. The centres, Latrell Mitchell. Josh Morris recalled after retiring two years ago to do a defensive job there. The back rows on either side. Boyd Cordner, Tyson Frizzell, the halves. Cody Walker on debut. Nathan Cleary and the forward pack. Paul Vaughan, David Klammer in the front row. Jake Trebojevic at lock. Hooker is Damian Cook and the fullback, as we said, James Tedesco. Three debutantes on the bench. Jack Whiten as the utility. You've got Cameron Murray, who will play through the middle and I guess can fill in at hooker as well. Payne Haas as a middle. And then you've got Crichton, who's probably one of the ones lucky to retain his spot. But the thought behind that, I guess, similar to last year, comes onto the right edge when Frizzell is a bit tired, pushes him into the middle, gives you an extra middle player there. That, a bit more versatility, a bit more impact with the players that are, I guess, dynamic with their footwork and the fact that we're got to fit a front row, I guess. So mm-hmm. there's a bit of flexibility. But like you said, I can see weaknesses on both sides. I can see positives on both sides. I think the real big advantage is the fact they're at home in Queensland for game one. It's a try. Form, it's worth a try. Despite injuries, despite anything that's been going on, uh, I don't like the way Kevin Walters has handled this week. Again, that has no implication in my mind in what happens on the game, but I just think it's pointless to tell players not to talk about their opponent, not to mention New South Wales, not to mention names, because we know at the end of the day, footballers are simple people. They know who they're playing. They're playing New South Wales. In a, uh, in a week where there's enough distractions, I think he's created an extra distraction. Well, they, they have to think too much. And some of these blokes don't need any more you know, strain on the brain. You can see them in these interviews. Like, it's just bloody stupid. So just yeah, I agree. I don't like let it. Let them address it. Let them talk. Um, you know, if someone wants to throw a challenge out there, at the end of the day, they're going to have to play each other. It's no different to fighting when people say, oh, he's talking a lot. He's not talking. Like, at the end of the day, it's going to happen. You're denying the inevitable. I don't know why he's done it. The other thing is, 
just being genuine. Like people say, you know, New South Wales and on some kooky stuff and Freddie's a different cat. Well, that's Freddie though. That's just Freddie being himself. But he was the same person last year. Exactly. He's not changing year to year. I just find that Kevin Walters on TV is a bit of a larrikin. He's usually pretty easy going and fairly honest, but to this whole change with the, uh, you know, coach whisperer, whatever his name is, I, I don't understand the whole flipping personality and we expect to win game one, we're going to win and I'm not talking about them and we're fantastic. I could just, it all seems like a poor act to me. Mm. Internally, I, I'd assume they'd be talking about New South Wales, but I don't know why you try to sell the image on the outside. That, oh, we're not worried about them. We're not talking about them. But that's that's pre-planning for a game. You have to talk about them. You have to prepare for your opponent in your opposed stuff, in your details, in your video sessions. Like It's just all bullshit So mm. uh, on that side of things. Yeah. Keys for Queensland. Oh, sorry, New South Wales, while we're talking about it, I guess as far as players missing out, we've talked about people not being happy with the halfback selection, but realistically, Pierce ruled himself out with that groin injury because he wasn't going to be able to train for at least a week, even though if he plays this weekend. Luke Keery's going to possibly be out four to six weeks with that head knock. Very unfortunate of him at the last minute. And Adam Reynolds, even though he played on Friday, got injured and they weren't too sure about his situation. Mm-hmm. The argument on the flip side of that with Maloney, definitely a form thing. Um, and then coming back to the situation where everyone's blowing up about Nathan Cleary going into camp. Nathan Cleary and Adam Reynolds, as far as football is concerned, are pretty similar players. They're both organising number sevens. Uh, they run the football and they got the opportunity and they've both got pretty steady kicking games. I'd probably say Adam Reynolds has got a better general play kicking game and he's been in a lot better form this year, but probably the more key thing is their defence. And I think Nathan's a better defender. Absolutely. Better His role defender. is very yeah. simple and it was last year. So I don't know why everyone's carrying on just because he got a big contract. And I think that comes to the territory of being a half that he's supposed to be some ridiculous game breaker. Mm. He's a solid game managing seven with a good kicking game, does all the little things right, steers him around the park. And if anything... At club, he's playing behind a busted forward pack. He's got three different hookers he's played with, three different fullbacks. He's had no player to link with. He's had no go forward. Mm. He's coming into a camp now with an informed forward pack, the best nine in the competition who's going to get him playing straighter and over the advantage line and create opportunities for him. And he's got a great fullback to link up yeah, with. So. This is my problem with picking a side early, and we were talking about it from for probably a month leading in. The fact of the matter is you, you pick your team with who's available and we spoke about all the different combinations. Combinations are the combinations. Whether people like it or not, Cleary was the best option. The, really, the only option we had once Mitchell Pearce pulled out with his groin injury, um, Luke Cleary would have been there. On yeah. form, Nathan Cleary, if everyone's fit, on form, wasn't would not have got selected in my opinion. However, they got left with no other option and I'm very comfortable with Nathan Cleary. Uh, being selected. He's been playing in a difficult position. Uh, Cody Walker, I think, is a difficult combination for Nathan Cleary because he's going to get no assistance steering the side around from Cody Walker because he's just that on-the-ball, off-the-cuff, running-type player. So I do think that Nathan's going to rely heavily on Damian Cook just to direct the side around, particularly in yardage, to get us out and to get him into a position to kick. But I don't they would have done a week and a half's work on that. And they know... If you're going to pick Cody Walker, the last thing you want to do is constrain Cody Walker. You want to just pick him and allow him to play his natural game. So for me, that puts a little bit of the organisational pressure on Nathan Cleary. Uh, and, and that's something that he's going to have to step up and organise. Because I don't, I don't think Tedesco is a, a very good organiser either. You've got some fullbacks. Ponga's not either, mind you. But they're on-the-ball players. You want, we want Walker um, and James Tedesco on the ball. Even Cook isn't on the ball nine. Like, as soon as he sees something, he's going to go. You must so, admit that. His game management no, this no, no, year no. has I, been much but, better. Yeah, than but not. I, like what I'm saying is it's just game. Nathan Cleary is the one player there who's, you know, he's one of his top three strengths is his organisation, yeah. his ability to steer, steer the side around. So, 
that is going to be his MO. That is the biggest criteria that he needs to fulfil for this team to be successful. Uh, in order to do that, he's going to need the forward pack to go forward. Look, I think the holes for us, Tyson Frizzell is a little bit of a worry for me. A, because he's he's coming in busted. He had the HIA. Well, he's been busted for a couple he's, of years. He's now. had he's the had testicle no injury. Down. and he's had a, yeah. Plus the fact that Kalen Ponga tore him a new one. Yeah. Uh, he tore uh, Crichton Angus Crichton a new so one as well. So both our rotations. I, I really, really like the look of Murray and Haas coming into the field. Yeah. That, that excites me. Crichton, I think he's just going to have to lift. On best form, he could be a dominant origin player. On his current form, I think he's going to struggle. But I don't think he's going to come in at current form. And if he does, this will probably be the last game he'll play this series. Well, Madison's breathed down his neck. He was there the one go. probably unlucky so to So I'm not saying spot. it's going to be the last ever Origin game no, played because that's ridiculous. But for this season and the form he's in, Freddie's really gone with him and backed him. So I'd like to think that he's going to repay him. Clearly the same. I think our outside backs look really good. The selection of Josh Morris, another one where if Brad Fittler is obviously not confident in Jesse Ramian, then Josh Morris was the obvious choice because he got left with no other option. So move on on that one. The rest of the outside backs look good. I'm just excited to see the game. Um, I think Kevin Walters has been really... The biggest talking point has been how strange Kevin Walters has been, and we've, we've touched on that. But no, Origin's awesome. I think it's... I think the best series are the ones where the decide uh, the, the opening game is in Queensland because they're just crazy. Yeah. And you're not gonna you're not gonna get a more parochial, passionate crowd than in Queensland. I've, we've been up there for multiple games, and it is the best place to watch footy. They are offensive. They are loud. They it's are excellent. passionate. It's fantastic. So, what what a way to kick off the series. And and they're going to be even more crazy because we won the series, and it's a new look Queensland side, and they're underdogs and. They love playing the underdog card, so awesome. Can't wait. Tactically, I don't think you're going to get a lot of tactical brilliance from Walters or Fittler. Uh, I think you, you might get a little bit from Joey and Brandy, a few little spicks and specks, Badiris. Um, but, you know, I think who are Walters' assistants? I think he's got Justin Hodges. He's brought in more consultants this time around. Mm. I, I think it's Hodges and I don't know who else, to be It's probably not a game where you're going to get a lot of tactics. But they, they brought in Smith and Slater. So Slater's been working Slater exclusively with Ponga yeah. and Smith's been working with Hunt and Mbai, obviously a bit more so Hunt about things to look for out of nine, I guess, kicking game, all those kind so of things. Cool. But, uh, I think, like you said, it's more about strengths and weaknesses. People have been making the argument about the spines, who's got the better spine. I think it somewhat rules each other out because both fullbacks, you can split hairs. They're they're somewhat similar. They're both good ball runners, but Tedesco's more a player through the middle of the field. He's more of a support player, good on kick returns, tries to find spaces around the ruck, whereas Callum Ponga likes to pop up on that left-hand side, get him those sweet plays and try and isolate edge-back rowers mm-hmm. to play inside, outside the shoulder. So it's going to be really important for New South Wales that they try to double up because it's not only Ponga they've got to worry about, they've got to worry about Munster. So markers are going to have to get in behind there, work across anyone from the middle as well when they release and get onto that left-hand side. They're going to have to try and push across and help out Tyson Brazil, Nathan Cleary, to make sure we don't end up outnumbered on that edge, which is why another reason I guess they've brought Josh Morrison with Kotrick. Mm. They've brought a defensive-minded centre who's done the job on the opposite side of the field before in case we do get caught out, and hopefully he can cover up once or twice if we find ourselves in a bit of grief down that edge. Uh, but I guess, you know, and then you look at the halves. Like, out of the halves pairing, if you told me I had to take one of the halves pairings, I'd probably take Queensland's over ours. But then you look at DC not playing for so long, it's mm. somewhat even. But then you look at the nines, I think it's easier to pick Cook, you know, over Hunt because he hasn't really played there. So if you make a spine argument, I think you're, you're pretty even in a lot of areas there. You've probably got one in favour. Yeah, I, I also think 
the, the bigger element, and you know, I said this through the first few rounds of the competition, errors and penalties. New South Wales have won, you know, there was a big article in the Daily Telegraph in, in Sydney today that New South Wales have only won one penalty count in their last nine encounters at Suncorp Stadium. So is that a factor? Yes, it is, particularly with the fact that the refereeing appointments are similar to what they have been in the last few years. Uh, and I just think New South Wales can't afford to make errors because it's you know pretty much that you're not going to win the penalty count and any 50-50 call is going to go to Queensland. So our completion rate is probably going to have to be 10% better than what Queensland's is in order to be able to compete. So... Mm. Is that conducive to um, the team that we've picked? I think it is. Uh, I, I just think in yardage, so what I mean by yardage is inside our own 50 coming out. If we can be at you know 90% coming out of there, we're going to be in the game. If we're any less than that, we're going to be under enormous pressure because Queensland have, have got some good players there that can get repeat sets. They, you know that they're probably going to win the penalty count. So errors and penalties are going to be vital when you're watching this game as well. And mm. There's going to be... Huge pressure on the referees, huge pressure through that crowd element that we spoke about and just the fact that um, Queensland will apply a lot of pressure and they'll be talking to the referees and um, all that sort of stuff. So I think that's a that's a huge factor that's going to have an impact on this game. Yeah. I think the other area, talking about those key spots and sides, back lines, I think New South Wales probably got the more informed back line. Like Michael Morgan playing the centres, Will Chambers been pretty quiet this year. Gagai's been solid. Oates obviously been outstanding. But we've got Addo Carr has been in good form. Latrell Mitchell's the best centre in the competition. Morris at the ripe old age of 32 or 33 has been great. And I think Kotrick's been good. Mm. So I'd give us probably the heads up there. Um, mind you, in Origin Series, and we've said this for years, the yardage work from Queensland has been so key. Their mm. set starts have been outstanding. We're going to have to do a really good job, particularly on Oates, like they did a couple of years ago where they bombed him in the corner and tried to take him out for play one and two to make sure he couldn't have a hit up. Forward packs, uh, again, I'd probably give the edge slightly to New South Wales. I think the way they've picked the forward so. pack. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The bench was a big sticking point for me when we were talking about this during the week when people were trying to match it up. A lot of people were red hot on the benches saying that the, the Queensland bench was a heap better and it's bringing size and a whole lot more impact. I look at it and think for myself, like, Napa and Offerhand Gowie are pure middle swaps, which is fair enough because they've got a couple of guys playing front row that probably usually wouldn't play directly. But, you know, it's basically three locks for Queensland in the middle. Yep. It's the same role as a front row, but Offerhand Gowie, he's solid. Napa's form has been okay. But, but Mbai on the bench is basically going to have to be forced into playing nine. And the other one in David Fafita, when I look at the two back rowers and Gillette and Felice Cafusi, he's pretty much going to have to be forced onto the field as well. He's more there to me because he's got the yeah. ability to play anywhere I, I give, from middle out to centre. Yeah, I give the I give the bench edge to New so, South Wales. Ford's back, yeah. yeah. I give the spine. Spine's close, and but it's, I, it's, I just think it, everything leans Queensland through the fact that it's at factor home. At home, and that's going to say at the end of the day, why I'm saying a lot of these things, I probably lean in favour of New South Wales just slightly. And coaching, I think the staff there, we, Freddie put together last year, and the trust they've got, and all the players they've got in there, I'll probably give them the edge on that side of things, but. The game-breaker is Queensland. Yeah. Being in Queensland, being fired up, coming off a loss last year. They've got these guys coming back. There's question marks over Daly Cherubins even being there you know, next year or the year later and now being named captain. There's pressure on these guys to deliver. Will Chambers last year after getting bullied by Latrell Mitchell. There's a lot of these guys who've got questions to answer, and we know how this usually works out. They usually respond the best way possible, yeah. and that's with Hellfire and Brimstone. They'll fire up. They'll get stuck into us, and that's one thing they've done better than us for a long time, and I said this to you before we kicked off. Even last year, I felt they got the better of us in the physical side of the game, even though I thought we picked a probably bigger, more dominant side. They always seem to be a bit more testy, willing to get a bit more into the niggle and engage in the aggressive side of the game better than we do. Um, we're under the pump game one. 
last year early doors were under the pump in New South Wales game two. They had a couple of dodge bullets and we conceded a couple of tries. The difference for us last year is we fought back and won two of those games, which is something we could not do in the past. We had no resilience. We couldn't dig ourselves out of a hole. Last year, we managed to do it twice, which is a massive, I guess, change in, like we said, the mindset and the culture and the positivity of New South Wales. But this year, I think everyone's going on about game one being the big thing and you're generally going to win the series. I understand that side of things. But for me, it's the neutral venue. Yeah. In a three-game series, we're both going to get a game at home. You don't automatically give them, but you give an advantage to each home side because it does make a big difference. So the real big game for me, even if Queensland emerge with the winning game one, is Perth. Obviously, the series is over if Queensland win the first two. But the neutral venue is the big one. It is often the determining one, yeah. Last year, we won at the neutral venue down in Melbourne. And then we come back to New South Wales, and the crowd was a huge factor in particular in the last 20 minutes when the players were in the bin, the players were under the pump. Uh, I thought it made a huge difference. And then we saw the difference in Game 3 when Queensland were really fired up and they probably got themselves home in the last 20 or so there when New South Wales fought back. But the home ground advantage, like we said before, is massive in a series. So the the neutral game for me is massive. But running through some key points, I guess, uh, Queensland, we said it before, Maguire, he's only had one game back. Uh, I'm not sure about that calf, how many minutes he's going to play. I'm sure he's going to be expected to play big minutes. Uh, I'm assuming that... Offerhand, Gowie and Napa are both going to have smaller stints of, say, 30, 35 minutes total in the game. A couple of short rotations. How they use Tefido, do they force him into the game? And buy maybe for 20, 15 minutes to give Hunter rest? Not too sure. Uh, Arrow, basically no game for two weeks now, getting rested this week. I'm not sure about that hip flexor. I'm sure they wouldn't have picked him if they weren't confident. He's got a big job to do. And Cherry Evans, it's been six or so weeks without him playing. So you'd like to think that they're 100% confident yeah. with him. That's yep. three big things for the pack. Different kind of pack to us. Very mobile. Papa, uh, he's been absolutely outstanding this year for Canberra. I've got footwork, offloads, arrows in a similar mould. There's ability there for them to get second phase play and break us down around the ruck if we're not really, really good in that area. That's going to be a key for Ben Hunt, who likes to react and get out of dummy half. So that's something we've got to watch out for. Maguire's, I guess, more the workhorse. He's going to have to do a lot of scrap work in there. Uh, I think the only key thing there looking in their middle starting pack is there's no real bruiser. There's not really someone there who's going to be able to bust up the guts, I guess, or poke his nose through and force an offload. So that's an area that New South Wales have to be really on top of. They've got more a mobile pack, guys and get between, get offloads, tip-ons, try and move us around a little bit. So if we do a good job there, um, that's a good chance. But looking at their, their right edge, Cherry Evans is on that side of the field. That's the side that people aren't really talking about, I guess. Everyone's talking about that left-hand side. But I think he's going to help Felice, who struggled a little bit this year playing with Brody Croft. He's obviously got a quality half there, so I'm sure they're going to run plenty of traffic with Daly Cherubins and Felice Cafusi trying to get at Cody Walker, who, again, people question his defense, but we had Maloney in for a couple of years, who's the worst defensive half in the competition, basically. So um, while that's the case, I think Boyd Corden is going to have to be super busy defending there. I'm sure Latrell Mitchell is going to be very, very keen to get stuck in to Chambers and Gagai, who have got a nice combination on that right-hand side. And for Cherry Evans, I guess it's, his job, much like Nathan Cleary, to steer this side around and free up Callum Ponga, take mm. pressure off Benny Hunt and leave Munster to be the scallywag that is and float around. To me, it's just whether they can generate enough ruck speed in order to give Ponga space. Yeah. That's the one for me. I I really think that New South Wales are going to generate enough for Cook to get out and for them to be able to distribute the ball out wide to Mitchell and Tedesco. I think we've got the forwards there that can do it. It'll just be whether New South Wales are able to nullify Queensland rolling on and getting that quick play of the ball. If... Queensland can roll, Ponga's going to have a huge impact on this game. Yeah. Uh, because you know that Hunt's not going to do a lot of running out of there, so it's going to be a lot of early ball to Munster, and he's going to run. It'll be a lot of early ball to DCE, who'll try and feed those outside backs. 
you look at their centres, Morgan and Chambers, I'm not sure whether they're going to really beat anyone one-on-one. They're probably more ball distributors. So I think Corey Oates and Gagar will get a lot of ball. Uh, but it's the key is trying to get unlock Ponga. That, that's got to be the key. And even when you look at the the edge players, like Gillett, he's past where he was as, as a whole runner. Felice isn't in great form, but I'll be interested to see how Felice goes because he's been playing with Brody Croft, who's been giving him oh, he's fair ball, fair, fair oh, ball, I'd say fair. average ball. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can generate if the middle can roll forward and DC can get the ball and uh, dig into the line and actually make some New South Wales players tackle Felice one-on-one Yeah, because Felice is a really, really good line runner. Yeah, he's a great line runner. But the, he, this year, watching Melbourne, there's been no engagement whatsoever. He's not getting played into space. He's not getting played in the line. He's been used as a setup player or just simply a drop-off. Mm. Cross been turning him under or just throwing him early ball and giving him nothing to work with, whereas in previous years playing with Cronk, mm. he's obviously been played into the line and when I, Billy's I like, been sweeping around... I like Cordner on him. Like, I think Cordner's He'll do a good job, really, really good 100%. defensively. But if it's one-on-one and if you can get, get a walker... Cody, yeah, if you can get a walker, that's that's a match-up to look out for. I, I like that as a as an anytime try score a bit. Yeah. Uh, getting on to... Set starts, as I talked about before, that's always been a strong point. So a big point there for Queensland. They're going to want to get Oates and Gagai involved, who have been great in that area the last few years. Will Chambers seems to get very involved in that area as well. So that's a real positive point for them, or something that's been good for them the last few years. You can assume that Michael Morgan is going to have to get more involved in that area as well. Uh, their left side, though, at the end of the day, is the strike side. Munster, we know he's on that left-hand side. We know Ponga loves to sweep there for Newcastle. They're the two guys that are going to be looking to pop up if they can get any roll forward, if they can get any quick play of the balls, you know, any day of the week that Pong is going to be going at that back row, which is the man that you generally want to engage or get at if you're going to be sweeping around. And we saw it, as you said, in Mudgee firsthand. He destroyed Frizzell. They got quick play of the balls. The markers couldn't get there to help him. No one can come from the negative side of the rock and get over there to help him out. He put him on show, and then he did it right in the week before that. Two guys that aren't in the greatest of form, and Frizzell's obviously got some injury concerns, so... That's the key for them right there. If they can get Munster and Ponga loose on that left-hand side, uh, Morgan, I think, is a, a strong ball runner. I think that's the best part of his game. But as a centre, I'm not too sure. But they're going to have to be very, very good defensively. Cleary, Frizzell, help one another out. And Josh Morris is going to have to help out. Nick Kotrick, who showed, I think, that he's a pretty good defensive player, whether he's at centre or wing when he's been at club. So mm. that's the real key area there. The, the way they win the game, that is where they're going to be looking to go. That left-hand side is where they're going to find love. And they've probably got the best players to go at. They're going to test out Brazil, Cleary, yeah. uh, and obviously Josh Morrison. From the bench side of things, like we said before, I think Napa and Offerhengau will come on, bring a bit of a bruiser mentality. That might be the one period of the game where they get a couple of quicker rucks with some bigger bodies for Ben Hunt, mm. who I think helps him out in the kicking department. He can give some relief to Daly Cherry Evans. Munster, not a noted kicker, while well, I think his kicking game has been better at Melbourne this year. Hunt showed last year that he kicked a 40-20 out of dummy half and brings something there from nine, but... Uh, He's a bit of a wild card for me. A lot of people have brought up Ben Hunt. I know Melbourne Ingram and a lot of the Queensland staff seem to think that he's best suited for that area and it's more natural for him because he can be reactive and run the football and make a real impact from there. And that Game three last year, he showed some things, but um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I think for me, he's the one that I'd really be going at if I'm a New South Welshman in the middle there. He's mm-hmm. a guy I'd just be working over relentlessly. Absolutely. Him Absolutely. and Maguire off yep. that leg injury, so... Um, that's basically my summary, I guess, of the edges, the middle, and bits and pieces of Queensland. I'm, I'm sure you agree with most yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. But that, that. I think it's pretty comprehensive. Comprehensive, but yeah. the game's going to be played. Like you, you, you can't predict the game. There's no. going to be elements of the game that you're going to go, "Oh shit, I didn't think of that," or, or "I didn't expect that to happen." So you just 
Queensland have got to use every squeeze every little advantage out of they can out of their home ground. I think that's huge. So you'd like to think that they're going to win the penalty count, as yep. I said earlier. If they can that's win the error count, of everything. that'd be good. If, and then just one-on-one, they've got to win their individual battles. Yeah. New South Wales, quick summary that I kind of had here. Basically, I think the forward pack obviously has a bit more variety in it as far as the players. You've got Clemmer, who is that old-school bash and bruise, big minutes, can get himself in a line. Vaughan, more mobile, got some footwork and offload. And then you've got Trevojevic, who's the wild card. He's like having a third half on the field. Always has that threat of the carry. I'm sure we're going to see Tedesco pushing up on his inside as we saw that play for the last couple of years there. If the markers don't work over or the A gets isolated, I'm pretty sure he's going to be looking to tip back inside, so that's a real danger. And probably the real key for us is if our forward pack goes forward and does a job to the middle, Cook and Tedesco is the key for us. I think Cody Walker, as you said, needs to be floating around. Nathan's job is going to be to organise the side, but the real key for us is if we win the middle of the field and Cook and Tedesco get loose... That's going to be really good for us. And I know if Cook gets going and Tedesco gets going, you know, Cody Walker's going to be pushing up on the ball. I think there's a lot less pressure on Nathan, as I said before, because at club, forward pack's been getting beaten, hasn't had a consistent nine or fullback. He's got the best weapons possible around him in this game. I think that's going to straighten him up, give him a lot more confidence. He's going to do his job defensively, and he's going to be better with the ball. Left-hand side as well. We've got that side of things, which last year I think, you know, hasn't really been spoke about in the preview. You've got Latrell Mitchell over there. Mm-hmm. Um, no offence to Will Chambers, who I actually love being a Melbourne fan, but he got embarrassed last year. Yeah, And he's another year older, and I don't think his club form's been great. So at any opportunity, I think much similar to what we spoke about Felice going at Cody Walker, I think Cody Walker's going to look to get corner at Cherry Evans and test out that leg, why he is a good defensive player. And if they get any early ball, you have no doubt in my mind that Latrell Mitchell and Addo Carr are going to attack uh, you know, Chambers and Gagai, where they've had great success last year. Yeah. It was something like three games, 18 missed tackles, Two or three tries and an assist for Adokar. He absolutely burned him last year. So the right-hand side, uh, it was pretty quiet last year. I think maybe a bit similar this year as far as Nathan Moore organising. Not a whole lot of attacking football going down there. Frizzell being busted, I'm sure he'll take some dirty carries coming out of yardage and be used as a setup player to get a long side shift from that right tram. But I don't imagine they're going to use Josh Morris a whole lot as far as attacking players are concerned. And Nick Kotrick may be used more as probably his best role of bruiser and yardage for the night, more so than getting the more positive ball on that side of the field. Um, but the bench, as we spoke before, a lot, of, a lot of people on the Queensland bench, I'm with you. The two real key players, Payne Haas, Cameron Murray. Mm-hmm. Payne Haas. If, if New South Wales can win that first 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. But Payne, if we can't, and Queensland have got the ball and they're dominant and they're leading, oh. you're going to put those guys on and it's going to be unrealistic, the expectations, because... If, if Queensland have got energy and they're not fatigued, they're going to defend those players and they're going to be able to nullify them. So it's important that New South Wales get off to a good start. Even and if, for Queensland, it's imperative that they win the first 20 minutes. I just think those two bring to something different. Like Cameron Murray said it last week, he does three things I think better than anyone else in the competition. Leg speed, ability to get between defenders and play the ball speed. Uh, we've seen him score some ripper tries, get one-on-ones, just late footwork. He's got a pass and he's going... Like, he's just outstanding for this arena. And it's a much faster game. So I prefer that more mobile, skillful player coming to the middle. That's going to pose a real threat later in the half. Even if they put Napa on fresh and offer Hengawi. Like, I'd like him getting at those bigger guys in the middle if Cook's coming on the football like they do at club and isolating middle defenders. And Payne Haas, we've seen what he can do in a 65 minutes, in a 70 minutes, and he's played 80. So if he's asked to do a more limited job and just go absolutely berserk with the engine he's got on him, He's not just a motor player. He's got leg speed. He's got footwork, a good bump and offload. Like If he's going to play just a 15-minute burst or a 20-minute burst or two 20s, I think he's going to be dynamic. 
Uh, Crichton, we obviously know what the go is there. He'll be pushed to the right, and more likely Frizzell come in. You just want him to be busy, not miss any tackles. And Whiten, in the end, I think, got that job because he's the perfect utility. He's shown he can play fullback. He's been an informed 5'8", or one of in the competition. He can play centre. He can play wing. And the best part about him is utility is defensively he hits like a brick shithouse. Mm. So if he needed to go on and just be a late floater or just a difference maker in the game, unlike, say, Peachy last year, I think Peachy has some frailties in defence. Whiten certainly doesn't have that. No, exactly right. So that's somewhat of the key areas, I guess, there. But the key for them, two points, I guess, uh, is getting that middle opened up because that's where Cook and Tedesco are going to be coming from. If they unlock Cook, get him rolling forward, get those forwards going over the ad line. We've seen this year that he's added to his game. Tedesco, no doubt, will absolutely terrorise him up that part of the field. And the left-hand side, if we get a roll on at the same deal, you've got no doubt they're going to get to that left-hand edge again where they had success with Latrell Mitchell. Um, and then just set finishes, I guess. Nathan Cleary, like you said, coming in from a club side that's not playing well. There's a real big importance on him ending the sets well. He's probably going to be the dominant kicker for New South Wales and us getting down there and doing a real number on Corey Oates and Gagai to kill their set starts. Mm-hmm. There you go. Couldn't be more comprehensive than that. No. We broke down every area, but predictions is what we're looking for now. Mr. Gossip sent through his. We've got ours here, so Mr. Gossip. Well, I can't believe the line in this game is one and a half to... New South Wales are favourites. You get one and a half points, Queensland, at a dollar ninety. So I'm surprised it's not three and a half. Yep. Um, at home, I I'm, guess. I'm surprised it's not at least one and a half the other way. But I would have if had I Pickham. was setting a line, I'd be saying Queensland minus three and a half would be my line. Well, I would have had Pickham and I would have given the point just to the home side. That's about it. I think it's that close a game. But prediction, Mr. Gossip, he has New South Wales by 12. First try scorer is James Tedesco and his man of the match is Damian Cook for myself. I've got New South Wales by four. I think it's going to be a tight one. Corey Oates, you can't really go wrong. I think they might get the first try because I think they'll be really fired up early doors and get an opportunity on that left-hand side. My man of the match is going to be the very, very informed James Tedesco. I'm going to say Queensland by one. I think the bet the bet to have on this game is either side by less than six and a half. I think the bet is that you can get. I think that's sitting at around about $2.50, which would be good. What else do you want from me? First try scorer. Oh, man. I'll go Ado Car. I'll go the Fox. And your man of the match for game one? Ah, uh, well, that's a tough one. Man of the match. I'll say Cameron Munster. Money. If it's not him, I think it'll be Ponga. They'll be the two I'll be backing. There you go. I don't think we could have covered any more. Couldn't off. Couldn't off, Real- man. What, what did Gossip go again? Sorry, repeat Gossip. He's got New South Wales by 12. Oh. So... He's confident. He, he's thinking we can go. Oh, like you said before, though, I can see all scenarios. On a, on a neutral field, I think New South Wales have got the better side. There, I just think there is we, a real we always here. forget how big of an advantage Suncorp Stadium is. And that's why. And I, I will not be doing it again. I've gone very close, but he's got Tedesco first try, Cook man of the match. I've got Oates first try, Tedesco man of the match, and New South Wales by four. Yourself, Queensland by one. The Fox to score first. Munster to be the man of the match, but... Oh, just, I love Munster. I wish he was in New South Wales. Like, there's so many little things that are going through my head that I just keep flashing over and I can't wait to see. If Ponga and Munster get loose on that left-hand side, Frizzell's going to have a hell of a job on his hands and they're going to have to hold that edge together. If he gets isolated a lot, we saw him mudgy. Callum Ponga broke his ankles a few times. Yep. Inside players couldn't cover. Then I've got Tedesco on my head if we roll forward, just pushing off Damian Cook and the absolute threads they could shred through the middle of the field there, pushing... I've got Latrell Mitchell envisioning in my head again, just getting stuck into Will Chambers and how good that's going to be. 
David Clemmer with the eyes rolling back in his head like a pokey machine. Yeah. Uh, I think Vaughan, second year, has got to show, you know, that that's his spot now and really cement that. And it's a real good opportunity with a couple other props that have missed out, obviously, with form not being so great. So we could get oh, an established There's a lot, lot of storylines. A lot of storylines. Uh, there's lots. Well, let's go. Let's move on. Only one more thing to I've finish had off. Origin. I want to watch it. One more thing to finish off. And it's not a real big point to me, but people carried on about it. The captaincy. Who cares? I'm, I'm with you. And a lot of people have carried I would on have, about I would have given it to Munster. But that's from, me. From a long-term point of view. Yeah, that's me. For me, I but would Munster's loose as shit as well. Yeah, like, he's a scallywag. Yeah, but so... The, the, one, the one that I, I looked at, it. and I can understand why they've gone with the half. You know, he's going to be on there for the whole game, and clearly... And he also captains his club side. Yeah. The only other one for me, and I guess not so much from a voice point of view, and I know a few people in the media have said it, was Matt Gillette, just because I think he's been there and he does all that dirty work and has the actions. He's not long-term. Well, I guess the the one point again that I yeah, sat there and looked Play at. On. So. I, don't, I don't mind the decision. I, yep. I'm happy with Cherry Evans. A lot of water's gone under the bridge since he reneged on the Titans, and that upset a lot of people, including myself. But well, one thing for I Queensland. respect him as a footballer. I respect him as a leader. I, I didn't respect that decision, but that's it's done now. I, I don't hate Cherry Evans. No, but they unify as a whole. I'll hate him for 80 minutes on Wednesday night because I want, to, I want New South Wales to win, but he's a fantastic player. And he's, I think he's earned his spot and he's, he's earned the captaincy. I, I wish him well, but not too well. 100%. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing how it plays out for the eight debutantes. Five for New South Wales, three for Queensland. It's a good- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Time just for months to cement his himself in that arena for two, you know three or four years. And then definitely see him take over the captaincy. He's going to be there for another. Oh, you know, he's, you'd think he's six, six to eight years. So long term, he'll get it. He'll get a tenure there as captain, provided he does the right thing and performs well. Well, he so there was an article that came out today, basically him thanking Craig Bellamy for saving his career because a couple of years ago, um, you know, coming from yeah. a country town and being a bit. But does, loosey, he, does he need it? He, you know, he doesn't need it. Cherry Evans, I nah. think, can handle and it. That's I, why I thought Munster in a high pr- pressure situation. You, you don't. You just don't know how he's going to react. Whereas you know, Cherry Evans. The other. The other thing is. Cherry Evans is very, very good at bitching to a ref. Well, he's very, one of the better spoken he's players, like yeah. Cameron like, Smith. They go, and I don't mean it in in that no, way. But he's but well I mean, spoken. He, like he Smith, goes Smith and he doesn't just, come yeah, over as can, abusive, which is why when people call him a referee, a referee yeah. he almost is like a ref. But he speaks to him in a different manner. Some guys go up and just swear and carry on and rub the ref the wrong way. And to me, Munster isn't articulate enough, or he certainly hasn't demonstrated the ability to be articulate enough and composed enough to talk to a referee yeah. and be able to have that conversation. But I think Cherry Evans has only through experience because yeah. he's doing it at club level. So I think it's a good decision. Boom. All areas covered off. Right here, let's go. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Oh, yes. You can feel a wild card sometimes though, can't you? What do you mean? Just something not expected. Like you Origin's know, always Just, just white and find a way and just that. David Fafita end up playing more minutes because someone gets injured. Does Imbai prove everyone wrong? End up there. There's always something that comes out of it, so I can't wait. Mm. Just a storyline that we didn't expect. But that massive Origin preview brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre. Great sponsors of the show. Thanks to Jake and the boys there. A few people have got on board with uh, Penrith Solar Brock. Always great. Yeah. And uh, people support the sponsors. But tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of Solar Energy, 
The team at Prentice Solar Centre are passionate about helping Western Sydney sin bin rising electricity bills for good. Find out how with Penrith Solar Centre can make you and your family the real big winners this season with quality solar solutions for your home. Visit www.penrithsolar.com.au for more information or give them a call on 1800 20 2930 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this series. Alrighty. Moving on from that one and that massive preview, like we said, uh, no set of six proper this week or power rankings, but we'll review those games quickly from round 12 that were origin affected uh, before finishing off, just running through some headlines and things that happened during the week. And the first game of the shortened round uh, was the Penrith Panthers over the Manly Seagulls, 15-12. I think the big point to take out of this one again, uh, both injury affected and, you know, origin affected for the Manly Seagulls and Penrith only one player, but the energy, the effort, the intent was there for a second week in a row for Penrith. Uh, I'm not saying they're riding a wave to the finals or anything like that. But if you're a Penrith fan or you're a football fan in general, or just as a spectator, it was good to watch them just actually rip in and have a red-hot go. And I think the best part about it is it was led by the younger players. Liam Martin in particular set a whole different tempo and energy for his team. He ripped in. He was very aggressive. He ran hard. He busted them up. I thought Luai was dynamic. Mitch Kenny, who's come out of the clouds and got put into the squad, through dispensation, Brian Toto, who's only just been upgraded last two weeks, has almost gone 200 metres every game. All the young players led from the front, and I think that's inspired a couple of the old dogs in the side, Tamiya, et cetera, getting on the back of it. Yo playing with that busted shoulder, and James Miney, why he made some errors and gave away some penalties, came in and got yeah, him around and kicked him around the field. So it wasn't pretty. Low game. Energy. Energy and effort was there from Penrith. And Manly, like we Manly said. Manly are dipping a little, aren't they? They've been up for so long. They've had multiple players missing. They've got the two games where if they're going to make the eight, they've played Penrith, who were going like bustards. Yeah, but no Tommy, no Cherry, no Jake. They, had them, they didn't have them the week before. Jake, they, Jake obviously, Jake, was there. but No Parker. They dropped the game. Fainu the busted Titans. his nose beforehand. Suley. They've missed multiple players. They came late. Came out of late. It was too late. So, uh, I don't know what to say. Penrith, good on you. Two really unconvincing wins, I think, against opposition who are dipping. Just needed the wins, though. But needed them, yeah. And they've done them the hard way, which is a good sign. It shows that there's some effort and intent there, which has been lacking for the most part of the year. Um, as we said, Martin, outstanding. Fisher-Harris, to me, again, been the best player all year for Penrith. Most consistent. To'o, Luai, two weeks in a row, showed. I think he's uh, you know the future there, pushing forward. He played well with Nathan, and he played well again the other night with... Maloney, when he's got a dominant half there, he can just inject himself in. He showed some real nice sleight of hand with his feet, turning players back on the inside. I think he's brought something different to the Penrith attack that's been missing. They've been very sideways, lots of long balls, lots of block shapes. Luai's a bit more out of the box, a bit more off the cuff. And uh, I think Kenny has obviously just cleaned up the ruck a bit, which they weren't getting out of Egan or Katal. Um, yeah, a couple of guys there for Manly. Cade Cust, I think, been pretty good in his few games, considering yeah. coming in, uh, difficult conditions. And Fanua Blake, 221 metres, five offloads. He was massive along with Tapau. That one-two punch every week, no surprise. And I thought Siren had a pretty good game. But as you said, a couple of tough losses. Um, played well above the standard for a long time now, but this, this might be a bit of a tough period for Manly. I think so. Moving on, Eels South. Uh, this one doesn't need much excuse. you got a team in South that have been dominant the whole way through. They had four players go to origin, uh, basically a completely reshuffled spine. Obviously, we know Inglis has been retired. No Braden Burns, no Alex Johnston, no Turner. They were, they were virtually missing seven or eight players. Uh, they've got Jimmy the Jet coming this week. That's going to help out as far as, you know, getting an extra player on the books as well as a strike player. Does he keep himself together now? He's back with Wayne Bennett and he's in Sydney. I don't know, but 
for the Eels, this is put simply down to the fact they had zero origin representation. They'd lost three on the trot and they needed to respond. And I even thought for a little bit there that South did pretty well to hold on. They had some chances, but it shows when you've got spine players missing and key players that you struggle to score points. Mm. And the, the limited opportunities they got, they didn't bank any points. Um, thought the biggest thing to come out of the night for South Sydney is Connor Tracy, who had a heap of raps on him in the juniors at the Cronulla system there, but he's been very unlucky. He's had three ACL injuries. He finally got his first game of first grade. He ran for over 200 metres, 15 tackle break. He was outstanding. Uh, they spotted him up in defence, as you'd assume. He'd be having nightmares about Manu Mau, who was an absolute terror and probably the best player on the park you know, for the Parramatta Eels. But I saw some positives there for South, despite the fact they were missing so many players. Shows they've got some decent depth. Billy Britton, uh, full marks to him for persistence. Come from Melbourne 20s, been up to Queensland Cup, backed up at the Brisbane Broncos. Now he's been at South. It's taken four or five years to get his first game of first grade. Thought he was pretty solid. You've got young Allen filling at fullback, doing a solid job. Harati's only played three or four games. Bailey Searin. Like, they've had a lot of kids come in who have barely played any football. And I thought they more than held their own, but they, they played a full first grade side. Mm. That's about as simple as it gets. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Look, I hate these rounds with Origin players out. I think the sooner we get to just pausing the competition, the better. But uh, it's fake form. Parramatta get a win over South, which I don't. I don't think they could beat South full strength at the moment. So no. it's a fake win for Parramatta, but it's a win. Uh, what are they? Three, two out of three at Bankwest. So, what do you do? Or no, three well, out of four at Bankwest. Well, this is a so, real time for them where they get to consolidate if they're serious because they're not affected. Yeah, but which is why I don't. I don't. Like yeah, it. I don't like it's, it either. It's fake form, fool's gold. But any, anyway, yeah. Look, it's they, an they won. I think South have got great depth. But they've James Roberts, who, who knows? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's as simple as just I can fix him, like Wayne seems to think it's going to be. Yeah, there's, there's a bit more. Uh, there's a little that. bit more going on than I think what everyone understands, and including us, because we don't know all the ins and outs of it. But no. a coach like Anthony Seabold doesn't keep good players in reserve grade for a month without very good reason to do so. Well, I think we know all the stories though that have come out that Wayne Bennett's happy to let him run a little bit wild and free because mm-hmm. he does a job for him and he feels as though he's got the brownie points that the players will you know cop that he's willing to let someone have a little bit of extra rope if he's willing to deliver on game day, which he has for him. Whereas Anthony Seabold, younger guy, making everyone accountable for the situations, not willing to have people step outside yeah, the boundaries. Every it's player. very easy for uh, Wayne Bennett to do that because he's got the yeah, standing got, in the game to do that. I'm Anthony Seabold can't do that. No, and I agree with Anthony Seabold. Plus, mm. I don't want that as part of my side full stop. Like You're mm. no better than anyone else. You're pulling in the same direction, so you follow the same standards. So I have no problem with what Brisbane done, and we said it before, between him and Bird, two guys that were taking up a lot of salary cap. I thought Bird at least showed some great form this year and was heading the right way before he did his knee. Mm-hmm. Robert's off-field stuff's enough for me to not want to sign him in the first place. This now just frees up a big hunk of money for them to retain the two great young centres they've got in Shibasaki and Stag. So I think it's a win-win. Wayne Bennett and South get a player that they wanted. They've lost Inglis. Now they've got him and Burns potentially as two gun strike centres, which is great for them. Brisbane free up some money, and they've got two good kids who are showing plenty of promise. So uh, I think all around it's a win for both clubs. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, Parramatta side of things, yeah, obviously dominated that game. Mo was exceptional. Moses had a great game. Gutherson busy, um, a lot of the forwards, etc. But, you know, they, they didn't beat a, a top flight side. So free win for them, pushing them back in the bottom of the eight. Raiders dogs. This is one of those games that I look at uh, from a Raiders perspective and say that that's a big win. I know it's an ugly win and the time of year, but when you go into a game for the first time in a long time with multiple origin players, in White and Papali and Kotrick, as well as missing Josh Hodgson, 
their gun hooker and not having Leilua and Rapana, their most strike pairing on an edge for long term. Or I think Leilua's out for the season, but Rapana, we're not sure. That's a big ask. And they didn't have many opportunities and they did it the ugly way, but they got the job done. Jesus, that was a tough win. And you want to talk about, you know, again, like critical wins at this time of year. Tough win against, you know, a side that was only missing one player, I think, who was possibly available in Jaden Ockenbore, but the best kind of wins to get when you're in the hunt for the eight and you're about to go through a tough period and you've got injuries and they've come off three tough losses, two of them against the top sides in the competition. Mm-hmm. So just great timing for the Raiders. And like John Bateman, only three weeks after a fractured eye socket. Massive game. Elliot Whitehead was exceptional. Uh, Charles Nickel Klogstad is by the year right now. Oh, he is by the year. He was massive. Try savers, set starts, doesn't make a single error. He's there for everything. He pushes up on everything. Try saving effort. Uh, like he's just been exceptional. And I, it's not too my norm, but I said a couple of years ago that there was a guy there playing cut that I can't believe he's not playing in a row. He got a handful of games, and I understand the back three they've got and Sheck in front of you. But where he's landed, he couldn't have landed in a better spot, I guess, to get that position, nail it down, and be somewhere long-term. And he's going to be the long-term Spot forward. on, yeah. Um, it, it's worked out really well for himself and the Raiders. and uh, they've, they've got some resilience this year. That's something we haven't associated with them in the past. They'd done it tough. They had a couple other guys debut. Tommy Starling, who used to be at Newcastle, who you're a big fan of, that nine, he, did, he got limited minutes. Sebastian Chris is another one that's come to their junior system. We've seen Horsburgh, who was huge in that game the other night. Played the second half with the fractured elbow, the crazy bastard. Mm. So he was great. The crazy Dutch bastard. Redheads. They're always tough and oh, mad. Mental. Mad as a cut snake. Yeah. Hudson Young's been impressive, but unfortunately... Um, Imagine being married to a redhead. Jesus. <laughs> That's a bit harsh. We've got some redheads that probably listen to the show. Oh, that'd be no, offended no, no, by that. Don't, don't be offended. You I mean just, for the anger side of things? Oh, yeah. You'd just get owned, wouldn't you? Oh, probably. Uh, Hudson Young, also one of their other very impressive young players, but unfortunately he's got himself in some hot water. Stuck his fingers in the eyes of Aiden Tolman, tried to pop one out of his skull. Thought he was an optometrist. But uh, yeah, pretty dumb by young Hudson there, who's been a real positive story considering, you know, he had a tough junior career there where he was banned for a year or so from Masada from getting a banned substance and he's fought his way into first grade and got himself an opportunity there. So I don't agree with the fact, and I think we were speaking about this earlier, we've got a couple of messages from fans that Josh Maguire got fined for an eye gouge, which you clearly see was an eye gouge, and now They're this, right. this bloke's getting seven weeks hmm. um, like you, you've got to suspend him I have no problem with that and I, I think his was worse than what Maguire's was but the fact that they basically just saw that off because Munster didn't want to pursue and it was an origin player compared to a young bloke it's like that's, that's fucking crazy the double standard is ridiculous he definitely deserves to be suspended but mm-hmm. I don't know how you get from a fine and oh we don't have conclusive evidence to seven weeks so on that side of things I'm a bit dumbfounded fair the, the Bulldogs uh, just predictable and Dean Pay, I haven't really had a lot of questions so far because now he's limited with what he can do. But the dropping of Harawir and Ira was strange. Him and Foreigner have been about the only two strike weapons of or made any kind of dent on that left hand edge together. He put Fire Taylor Mariner back in after giving him a long stint in New South Wales Cup, coming off an injury and having a great year last year as a New Zealand international. He made a couple of errors, didn't have a great night. Everything ran through Foreign. The only time they looked like they had anything going on was the left side through Foreign. But even him, he's too blustered to make double up efforts. Cogger can't help out as much. You've got Marshall King, who's been a manufactured nine. Meany looks good when he runs the football, but he's not exactly a ball player. But I don't know where their points are coming from. They had ample opportunity. They couldn't get anything out of it. Uh, all around, I, I guess the real question now is there has to be some pressure somewhat on Dean Pay. He got yes. that year extension. I know he's handcuffed by the squad he's got, but the, the erratic dropping of players and what we're hearing is a, a lack of communication. That's going to hurt him. So I'm, I'm not sure quite what's going on there, but the, the Harrow we were in Iowa one was very strange for me. 
big time. So yeah. massive in the scheme of things for the Raiders. Real positive win. Good work by them. And the last one we've got here, Cowboys-Titans. The Titans had enough chances to oh. win this game. Um, Do we have to go over it? Very quickly. Four highest paid players, Shannon Boyd, Bryce Cartwright, Peachy, Ash Taylor. Three of them are playing off the bench and playing very, very bad. And the half is just not getting any better. It's time to bite the bullet. I don't know how Riley Jacks is playing down there in Queensland Cup, but Jesus Christ, you've got to bring him in and at least try and pep up Ash Taylor. Is it a week in Queensland Cup trying to build some confidence? Is it a, the wake-up calling? I don't know what it is, but you've got to do something to try and spark it. Yep. Uh, I don't know what they do. Should have been dropped a month ago when we when I, when I went on my rant. I said it multiple times that I felt bad for Jaira. Now I'm starting to feel bad for Jared Wallace, who's discovered some better form. But the only two guys or three guys that... Every week I kind of look at and think they could make a difference is AJ Brimson. Moeaku Fortuaker has been absolutely exceptional this year. And Tyrant Roberts, who's come back on an absolute pidge of a deal as compared to his half partner, and he seems to be pulling all the strings or the only one who offers anything to tack. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what they do. I, like They're missing Ryan James, Nathan Peets, but I still don't know that makes a huge difference, obviously, in attacking terms. Still oh. plenty of good players there, but... Yeah, I think for the Cowboys, much similar to the Raiders, I look at both of those wins on the weekend and they're wins they wouldn't expect to get and it's two huge wins again in the scheme of their season. Mm. The Cowboys have slowly dragged themselves back into a four or five game streak here. Four in a row. And got themselves at six and six after missing Tamalolo for over a month, having three or four different halves partnerships, different fullbacks, different hookers and edge combinations defensively. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they end up making the eight or how things work out because they've had multiple injuries and they went into the game on the weekend without Morgan. Um, obviously, Maguire, Scott was out injured, and Justin O'Neill with a ruptured spleen. But at least the effort's there. And that's the difference right now. Tamalolo, McLean, they lost the Thurston, and then they lost Barber on the eve of the season. So yep. they've you can't know, question patching. their effort. Yeah, they're patching. Tamalolo, next worldly, absolutely ridiculous. McLean stepped up, had a very good game. I thought Felt had some good moments. Carr, who had come up with a couple of ripper saves. Uh, but end of the day, similar deal. Bit of a low game and. In the scheme of things, Titans and Dogs deserve to be where they are on yep. the bottom of the ladder. And I think, yeah, the Raiders and Cowboys, that, that's two huge wins they... Massive wins. Don't really Massive. expect to get, but in the scheme of their seasons during this period where it's tough time and injuries... Well, when, you dis- when you're one of the teams that's disadvantaged and you beat a team that doesn't have any players out, that's huge. Plus the injuries. Yeah. The injuries get on top that, of yeah. it is massive. Like, Arrows are huge out for the Titans, but there's still enough players there. I mean, there. who was out for Canterbury? Just Napa. That's what I mean. There was a stack out for Canberra. Yeah, three and they were away from home. key injured, uh, key that's injured right. players. So that's that round wrapped up. Thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. Keep your eyes out for their best bets, and they're going to have an offer for Origin Game 1 box head. Mm. Obviously had some stuff up there for the Cricket World Cup. If you're into that sort of thing and you're interested in the cricket, I had a look at one of the games the other night where Australia played Afghanistan. That's what about the bangers upsetting the South Africans last night? I thought South Africa was supposed to be half decent. They've started 0-2. and two. Well, that's not good. Fuck Let's... them anyway, because they were the ones that carried on about the ball tampering. Oh. Or like. they're, they're as bad a fucking ball tamperers as anyone. Oh, now yeah. they're on too. Bit of karma for you, said it. South Africa. Faf to Tbilisi. About the Proteos, yeah? How no. you looking now, Faf? Not so good now, huh? He got clean bowled last night. It was the best best uh, bit of sports news I saw today. Did he get... Him f- getting bowled and having a tantrum. Did he get slapped in the face by the cock? Oh. Or did he get out as well, yeah? I don't like the South African cricket team. I could tell. They can bite it. The Pommies the red-hot favourites, aren't they? Don't know. I, I wouldn't... I don't mind England. I I'm pretty sure they're the red hot pirates. We should ask the boys. They're but they're they're a couple of pommies. Don't know. I, I think Australia are a huge chance. Well, India, in, Australia, India, England would probably be the top three. You'd imagine. Well, isn't it a new format this year? Didn't it used to be well, in pools, playing, but now we've just got just ten everyone's playing everyone. All right, well there you go. Oh, that's probably a better way to do it. I like it compared to the pool format. But the Pro Sports Syndicate, 
Uh, the tips for the World Cup are obviously past you by, but there's still time to sign up for the NRL package. If you don't get a profit back on the season, you get next year's package for free. Prop bets, lines, try scorers, all sorts of stuff there. They're up 18 units on the year, so they got a couple of units back last week. Doing some great things. Keep your eyes open, obviously, for the bet for Origin, which we'll post up in the next couple of days. To finish this off, Brock, just some stuff, I guess, that uh, has been happening over the week. And I'm just looking at one that we've already spoke about, sort of. Roberts to South, I think it's good on both sides, but the carry-on in the media about Wayne Bennett-Lyon, like, I don't think it's anyone's business, really, how the club's do business behind closed doors, in all honesty. Like, he, he lied yeah, blatantly like out in front, but what's new? Clubs lie all the time about mm. players leaving, players Don't signing, coaches being fired. Like, what's new? Move on. Who cares? They've acted like it's something different. We yeah. hear this all the time. The coach has our full support. Nick Rennett, he's fired. The player's going nowhere. Nick Rennett, he moves clubs. Like, mm. what, what's new about yeah, this? who cares? They, everyone lies. So, I, think I, it, I just think it's sad for the fans. I That's agree with you. For the fans. For the fans. But I think it's sad for the fans. At this time of year, you'd like to think. But Buzz fucking said, mate, why did a you lie, Wayne? I'm really disappointed in the way he handled it. I said it a month ago and they spat back in my face. They're like, no, it's not happening. Buzz, you're an out-of-control alcoholic liar. And guess what? Next minute, James Roberts is on the doorstep of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, mate. He gets good mail, Buzz. 100% he gets, he gets good, good mail. Gets good mail. So... If, if you're a club right and he comes out and says something that you know is true, you're better off just admitting it and getting on the front foot. I think people look, just yes. get angry because it's buzz. And then they're like, nah, even though they know it's coming <laughs> out. It's like, you look fucking stupid. Uh, buzz loves it too. He gets that little small little grin on him. He's like, fucking told you. And he looks down the bow <laughs> of his glasses, mate, and he's like, I told you it was coming. I told you. You think I'm fucking senile, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm fucking spot on again, guys. Uh, going to have another shandy and celebrate. Uh, Second point, uh, one we talked about, plenty of controversy for fans out there about the eye gouge with Hudson Young and how that was graded as roughly as it was compared think, to aren't Maguire. We, aren't we missing the point here in the fact that it was a fucking bad eye gouge? I know it's a bad eye and I was looking at it going, that's disgraceful and you're a scumbag. Like, okay, so yeah, the second point play. is you compare it to Josh Maguire's and you go, well, how the hell do they get one and the other? And I agree, with that. I agree with that. But it's dumb play. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Horrendous. And he deserves every week that he's going to spend out of the game. The Should double, Josh Maguire have been given the same? Probably not as bad. I don't, know. I don't think the grading bad. was as bad. But I think probably four weeks Maguire should have got. I'm just more saying the fact they basically brushed past it I because agree. of Munster. Like, I agree. You, players don't get to decide that, oh, he doesn't get charged because he's my buddy. If you fucking no, no, poke no, someone in the eye, agree, it's a dog agree. act. Yep. So, I agree. No argument. Yeah. The intent, though, and how much it was a lot worse. Yeah. Hudson Young's got a full-blown buddy, you know, clench grip on his face and try to dig his eye out. Like try to rearrange spoon. his head. But yeah, Aiden Tolman, he, he, you wouldn't find an honest or harder working bloke in the game. He wasn't happy about it. No, he sure. wasn't, mate. He's lucky Aiden didn't get up springing, mate, and say, come here, Hudson, I'm going to put a few on your chin. But I'm not sure Aiden Tolman's got it in him. I don't know if he'd want to fight Hudson. Hudson seems like he's a bit mm. jacked up. He tried he could, to go Burgess the week before. He could hold him up, I reckon. He's, uh, he's a bit angry on Hudson Young, but if he cleans that up, he could be absolutely in it. Yeah, I agree. He, he's shown some real good signs early on. Uh, just a point of my own that I wanted to bring up. I really enjoyed the interview, and I don't know if you saw it with Brent Naden the other night after his debut on the Panthers website. Yeah, it was good. Fairly emotional. Uh, I like seeing stories like that. I like seeing Who stuff like that. Who was the bloke that interviewed him? 
It was Timmy Brown. The no, bloke that just Brown. retired. It's mate, mate, mate. Then we told you to say mate. It was like the seagulls off finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, mate. There's some bro hoping going on. But I'm just I just like when blokes persist. He was at Penrith. Well, I, I coached him in the twenties and he yeah, was, he was the oh, captain. I think he was our captain, yeah. He was. He played New and, South Wales twenties, um, Australian twenties, he had all the accolades. He, he was the next big thing, and that was twenty fifteen and he I think he went away to Mounties, didn't he? Well he was pushed out, he ended up at Massey playing at St. Mary's, and then he moved to Mounties and Mounties, tried yeah. to get opportunity. He had some NRL trials with Canberra. Then he went to the Knights and played Cup. And look, Comes back this year, and now he's found himself playing first grade. He's played... He's been in a difficult situation because that last name, it's his uncle. Malcolm Naden is his uncle, and he sort of had to carry that around a little bit, and it's 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 a difficult situation for a young um, Indigenous man, and, you know, he's faced his challenges, Brent, and... You know, if you if you met him and what came across in that interview was how genuine he is and how hard he's worked, and I think it's fantastic for their family, fantastic for Brent. He's going to be a fantastic role model for all young Indigenous players, uh, and he's going to be a, a great role model for the young Indigenous boys at Penrith because there's plenty of them there. Um, and you know, when they when they go into the country out west, uh, to Dubbo and Bathurst and Mudgee and all those places where. Penrith have now got roots where there are higher Aboriginal uh, populations out there. What better role model for them to have than Brent Nate? He is evidence that, you know, you can you can do it. You can come from a difficult background. Um, there are opportunities, regardless of your race and culture, that Penrith are equal opportunity. Um, and if anything, uh, they, they love having young Indigenous young men uh, at, at the club they got. Um... Oh, they've, done, they've done great stuff in that area. And who was the guy that they've had there forever? Oh, you know, Glenn Lydiard. Lydiard. Isn't he? he works Lydiard. with all the young players there, and they do a great job in the community. And that's play Oztag with so. his son again. One of the most talented Oztag players I've ever seen, young Lydiard. So they, yeah, like the amount of work that um, Lids would have, how I know, has put into several young Indigenous players, a lot of them that aren't playing at Penrith. James Roberts, one of them, yeah. that who's faced his challenges. Uh, I think the programs that Penrith have got in place, and look, Penrith aren't the only club that have oh, got all in of place. Them. South do a really good job. This is one that I've just I've come across and seen it working firsthand. And Brent Naden, I can remember him coming in as a as a uh, SG ball player, first year SG ball player when Mark Horro was a coach at Penrith. And you know how how fast and sharp and athletic he was, and it's just a good good. Fantastic story. The other thing is, well done to the NRL. They Penrith had asked for dispensation to play Brent Naden. And look, I understand that they don't always, and they're not always going to give dispensation because clubs need to follow the rules. But yeah. it was one where Penrith didn't have players that they could play. Well, they've got seven or eight injured. Um, Tyron May is suspended. They've got yeah. a player in origin. So, you know, they're, they're as bad as thin as they can get at the moment. Because if they don't allow that, we don't get the story. No, and, and that was it's a great advertisement. My carry on point from that was just to build on that. And emotion. I love these rounds, not for so much the games, but guys that get that chance. Like Connor Tracy, gun player coming through, ticks all the right boxes, great human being, but three ACLs is cruel. And most people would quit or have retired or shut down. He was the next big thing at the Sharks. They've obviously got a lot of players. He's been moved on. You sit behind Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker. Mm. You've got very slim hopes of getting an opportunity. He finally gets a chance the other night after a real tough run, and he was outstanding. Oh, he played well, yeah. They've made him a contract offer. The talk is, obviously, he's rejected it, purely, I guess, for the fact that he's going to be sitting behind two guys that he's not going to get a game. If he doesn't get that game and this doesn't happen this time of year, we, people don't see Connor Tracy. 
he deserves to be seen, and I'm sure there'll be a club very interested in picking him up. Obviously, there's you know a bit of baggage there if you're worried about the, the prior injuries, but clearly he's worked hard because he didn't look like he'd lost any step or any confidence the other night in his speed or his footwork. He was exceptional. Billy Britton, another one, that persistence, three, four different clubs, all the junior reps. He's played in the residence teams in New South Wales Cup, Queensland 20s when he was down in Melbourne. He's bounced around, backed up some super hookers, Damian Cook, Andrew McCulloch, Cameron Smith. He, this is a great time of year to see players get these opportunities. It really is. I, I thoroughly enjoy that side of the game. <sighs> there you go. Uh, covered off on Walters and being a bit of a strange cat. Sticking with the south side of things, I guess, no surprise here, and I'm sure you'll agree, people talking to Wayne Bennett about this period and how tough it's going to be and the potential to rest players. I think if anyone's equipped to get through this period, it's Wayne Bennett. Yeah, he He's done it before. He's done it at Brisbane. They suffered when he was at the Dragons, and he mentioned that the other night uh, when they had that massive run. We started it was at Brisbane, where they used to give the majority Basically of the whole side. Yeah. But I think he learnt, and he said especially from 2011, where he had six or so players go in when they were red-hot form and they fell all the way to fifth and went out the back door. So mm. looking at the players, I think Cook is one that you'll probably give some time off. They've obviously banked some points early, which we spoke about before, with teams like Melbourne and that usually do that so they can get to the period. Yeah. South, sorry, the Roosters are going to be in the same boat where I doubt they're going to overplay Latrell, Mitchell, Boyd, Cordner, et cetera, Tedesco, give those guys game off. That's... Where I see the argument, like we're talking about, power and these guys pick up some easy wins or represent, without representation. Then you've got these teams who do all the hard work who get dragged back in a little bit and risk a top four spot or risk a minor premiership or something that they shouldn't really have to, they shouldn't have to. deal with. But Give um, them a week. Just give them a week off. From a South perspective, I think in particular, those guys and Murray, if they play big minutes, why not rest them? Hmm. I think that's a smart way to, to play things. Uh what else we got to talk about here, bro? I, That's I, about us. I don't know. I've got two or three more points I had here. One that I didn't really want to touch on, but I spoke to you about it before. Everyone's talked about it. I'm not really big on politics, but the, people are bringing up the anthem situation and the Indigenous players not wanting to sing the anthem. I don't really have a problem with it. It's there, uh, Look, I, I am never, ever, ever going to understand why they will not sing the national anthem because I'm not Indigenous. And the only thing I can, I can do is try my best to put myself in their shoes. Yep. And if they feel as though doesn't the national them. anthem doesn't represent their culture, then they've got every right not to sing it. 100%. And that's that's and that's I don't, as I don't know as what else to say. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm not a politician either. No. And I look, a lot of people say, well, "Why are you doing it? Why are you doing it at Origin?" Well, firstly, because the national anthem it's isn't platform. sung before NRL games in America. You go to a sporting event, yeah. whether it's a it's everything Z grade basketball game on a Friday afternoon, it, the national anthem is sung. It's not sung at NRL games unless it's the grand final. So it's the only really platform that they've got. Uh, I've heard some of the dinosaurs, you know, why are they going to do it now? And, you know, we had Indigenous Round last week and I felt as though we ruled it. Like, the the Indigenous Round was sensational, but we're talking about a broader issue here, a political type issue. And And there's a. I thought Matty Johns fucking nailed it last night. He said, if. I just want a national... I support a national anthem that every Australian... Yeah, includes everyone. Whether you were born here or you flew here, feels as though they can sing. That's that's the national anthem that I think we all should aspire to, to have. So if that means we change it, then I'd fully support changing it. Well, I think- and I, I, I feel sad that they, they don't want to sing the national anthem. I think that's... That is sad. Yep. I think they couldn't have handled any better, though. They haven't carried on or dragged that to a bigger issue. I think Will Chambers summed it up perfectly. He's fine with, you know... Everyone's singing the national anthem. He's not expecting other players to get behind his sport, but obviously the Indigenous players feel that way. Mm. Um, and he's also mentioned, like I heard a few on radio yesterday, Hodges and that, that they felt they used to sing it 
more so for the people that have gone and, you know, fought for the country and put it in the situation where it is. So I see all sides of it. But, yeah, I think at the end of the day, they handled it perfectly. They haven't dragged it to the media. And there's a heavy Indigenous representation on this platform, as you said, so it's mm-hmm. their opportunity. To, to get a bit of a point across. so Anyone who is of an Indigenous background who wants to make a point to us and give us some perspective on it, please do. Please please send us an email because like I, I teach in an, in an area which is of high Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander population and the more perspective you can get on this issue and, you know, we, we coach in Western Sydney, we coach rugby league in Western Sydney, it's, again, yeah. there are plenty of young Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander young men that you're trying to mentor and trying to do the right thing and trying to get perspective on, but it's impossible for us to get perspective unless we're given it mm. and unless you're willing to share where, you're from, where you come from and what you believe in and why it makes you feel this way and how... You can you can help to assist to make it feel more normal or help in getting change. I I just think the more we're all pulling in the one direction and listening to each other and feeling comfortable that you can talk about it, I think the better we're all going to be. So give us some perspective on it. If you're listening and you're of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander background, I'd love nothing more than to get some perspective on on what it is and who, what, when, where, why. Because we walk around as white Australians and we're very bloody lucky that we don't have to deal with a lot of the issues that the Indigenous population have to deal with, all the past that they've had to deal with. I, I get all that. So, I, yeah, I, again, just it's, it's all about perspective. And unfortunately, we don't, we don't have the perspective in order to make comment on it. But, again, I'll go back to my original point that if they feel as though that they don't want to sing it or it doesn't represent them, then I think, A, it's sad, and B, that I fully support them not singing it. And secondly, like I said, they're doing it the right way. Yeah. They've got the point across. They're not pointing the finger at their they're own teammates or anyone else. Or, yeah. They're not hijacking it. They've just put it out there because it's a platform and an opportunity. They all had a slight word on it. They haven't carried on all week about it. It's no. just been put out there because it's an opportunity. And there's a heavy Indigenous representation at the highest level of the game. So fair point to them to take the advantage of the platform they've got this week. Yeah. Uh, two more points. And they've earned it. Oh, 100%. Because they're the elite players in the fucking game. No doubt about it. Yeah. Cody Walker's one of the informed, if not the most informed player well, in the probably, comp. Probably Latrell one Mitchell. that's um, slid through to the keeper this week is that Greg Inglis is in rehab. Oh, 100%. And, you know, he's doing it tough. And he's a young Aboriginal man who's now struggling with the reality that rugby league, which has been his whole life, mm. is now not there. And, you know, he, he's struggling. And Wayne Bennett had said prior to his retirement that he was struggling. And then... You know, they, South had come out and said, oh, he's going fantastic yeah. in his role and he's yeah, happier than ever. He's busy. not happier than ever. No. He's not. He's struggling. So the more the game can get perspective and understand what it is that you can do to support the players, whether they're Aboriginal or, or not, I just thought it was it's topical because we're talking about it, that it's just a, a perfect example of someone who is one of the greatest players to ever lace on a boot mm. on the field, but he's not perfect off the field. No one's perfect. We're not, not perfect, perfect off the field. So... The more we can do to support them and make them feel as as happy and comfortable and as supported as possible, I think we should be doing as a game. Hundred percent agree with you there. Last two points to finish off with: the player swap uh, is more than imminent. And I think your man Buzz broke the news again. Oh, did he? The South he been fucking spot I on. think a lot of them were trying to make the point the last week or so, but I think it was Buzz that I saw on Twitter saying in the next forty-eight hours, highly likely that Dallin with Tanzier Lesniak ends up with Michael McGuire who made him the New Zealand captain and full-back mm. mate. And in the situation, it looks as though Penrith, it has to be a player swap. So on the flip side of that, the players they're talking about being involved, possibly Elijah Taylor, who I commentated the New South Wales Cup on the weekend, pulled out, 
didn't look to be injured that was pulled out of that game. Uh, there's Russell Packer and there's Ben Madalino have all been mentioned in all three of those players. Obviously at the club because of Ivan Cleary. Madalino, Packer, both came over because of him. I think Taylor had been pushed out of Penrith before Ivan got there, but Ivan obviously being a big fan, had him heavily involved at his time when he was back at the club. So mm. I think we all know the salary cap situation. Penrith shed some players or didn't re-sign some last year for that reason. The talk that Maloney was going to be moved on a year early was also for that reason. Um, and Dallin moving on would obviously be more salary cap space free. But out of those players, if he has full reign, who would he take? I'm not sure. ET uh, will be one, definitely. And the other thing is about salary cap, because, again, they're not going to be able to fit all those players in. We both know that Packer especially got a hefty contract in Madalino. So I think... Yeah, but are the Tigers willing to pay some I don't of think it? it's got nothing to do with that. It's just literally going to be a clean swap. So I think on that bill, like you're saying, the only one I think who really fits the salary cap situation for Penrith would be Elijah Taylor. No, I think they'll get two of them. Might be Madalino and Taylor they'll get for Dallin. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I think for Russell Packer and could club, there be more Penrith players in the deal? Uh, or do you think it's just going to be a one for one? I think it's just going to be Dallin. Dallin's obviously the one who wanted to play fullback, and there's been all the drama going so on. So you think Penrith go? Well, we'll, we'll take Taylor. You can take Dallin, and we'll take the little bit of cap relief. Well, I think they'll take the cap relief. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they're in that situation. Like we said, we both yeah. think Maloney won't be there moving forward, and that. Feel good, oh, said I, as much. I look at it and I go, man, you need some front rowers. Like, Tim Grant was bought there, I think, with the thought that Campbell Gellar would play Origin and that he would give him cheap, he would give him Cheap labour for one. Cheap labour. Number two, he gets to finish off He's with the junior, club that he started correct, with. all that. But I, when he's starting games during a part of the season where Campbell Gillard's available, they don't have a lot of injuries to middle players it tells me a lot about the form of the players that that's, they're paying a lot of money. That's more the issue. You've yeah. got Hetherington who's fallen off the face of the planet, who was he's signed. Injured, isn't he? I, he's not injured. I think there's more stuff going off the field that they've got problems with and okay. his attitude. You've got Leota who's been up and down this year who they probably expected a bit more from. Yeah. Nick Luitoso got upgraded, hasn't debuted yet. I think Payapu is part of the top 30, hasn't debuted yet. So clearly there's some guys there yeah. they were hoping would push up but haven't. There's a couple that have let them down. And then you've yeah. got Campbell Gillard, not in the best of form. And of all the people that I didn't expect to be playing the best out of all the middles is James Tarmow. Yep. Who, after a couple of quiet years, is playing very good said in the preview football. they should try and move him on. Well, that was one deal they really looked like they wanted to get rid of. So, yeah. And uh, based on his form, I would have as well. But this year he's, he's been great. great footy. So, I don't know. But I think for Penrith, like you said, he's got a real close relationship with Elijah Taylor. And I think salary cap-wise, they mm. offload a player. They get but a I'm player. just not sure they need him. They need, they more need the prop. But anyway, we'll see what people. Well, with Fisher-Harris and the kind of players they've got there, I agree with you. They probably mm. don't need a Taylor. But I think salary cap-wise, the contracts that were given to those other two, I think Packers on the biggest whack of them all. Well, let's see what happens. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out. You know the one I was thinking about? If Packers in this situation with McGuire, I don't know what the, I don't think the Dragons have got a whole lot of free space left. But he come from the Dragons and he was good while he was there. I'm surprised they have had some kind of interest yep. given their troubles but we'll have to wait and see but it looks like Dallin is on his way out and there'll be somebody probably heading back the other way to the Penrith Panthers only time will tell last point that I've got here the origin period as we spoke about hate it has an effect on clubs mm-hmm. helps some clubs out helps others who will struggle the most and who will kick on during this period I think there's three very obvious ones that suffer more than anybody South's Roosters and the Storm and I guess I probably have to throw the Broncos in now because they ended up getting five representative players in I think the one thing that's on the favourable side for the Broncos is that a couple of these guys are on the bench and probably not going to play as big a role Mm. so the toll's not going to be as big and someone like David Feeder's not even playing big minutes at club footy so he's probably been spared somewhat in that scenario Well they should Um, all now be origin free shouldn't they because their players will back up this week they'll then have the standalone game 
and then they'll then have a bye leading into there's only one more bye round. So all the teams that yeah. played this weekend will have the bye in the next origin before game three, I think it is. And Haas also again, young, don't know how many minutes he's gonna play, but three three or so of those it'll guys. More, it'll be more the impact of injuries and fatigue and niggles that come out of origin that they then carry back into club. Yeah, but South have already seen heavy injury toll, players missing. They've got key players playing in that game, so yeah. they'd be a bit worried. The Roosters have already got plenty of injuries besides the guys that are going yeah. to origin, so they're going to have a rough little patch. Storm, uh, not as much depth as previous years. They've got Smith to hopefully steer them through and Jesse Bromwich and a couple other guys, but it always hits them hard. Yeah. First game every year for the last few years has been probably the worst trip you could have after origin, which is straight to New Zealand, yeah. who have no players backing up. So I think you'd agree with me. They're probably the team's most disadvantaged. Yeah. On the flip side, those that should flourish, the two very obvious ones are Parramatta, who have no representation, yeah. and the Warriors, who have no representation, and have been close in a lot of games. Yeah. The outlier and the dark horse, as I mentioned as well, the team that I still think is a bit of dark horse if everything went right is the Sharks. Sharks. They're about to get Johnson back, Wade, Woods, Fafita and Pry get a week's rest, which is much needed because they've been playing busted. Matty Moylan came back in, had a good game the other week. Now he gets a week of rest. So if they go through this basically unaffected by having one player in origin, mm-hmm. in Josh Morris, who, you know, again, he's in, in a, a spot there that helps them out. But they're, not, back they're, up. Not, they're not lacking. He'll back up for Yeah, him. but they're not out, uh, lacking outside backs no, either. Not. No. So I think the, the Sharks are in a real good position here to build on what already has been a strong period given no, uh, fair, the amount of injuries point. they've had. So I fair think point. the real one for me looking besides those other two is the Sharks. Yep. And out of those three, I think the only one who's really going to feature somewhere at the back end of the year will be the Sharks. So... This could be a bit of a golden period for them um, if those players come back and everything Looking works out well. pretty much cement a top eight spot for them. So, there you go. Done. Wrapped up for Enjoy another your week. origin. Hopefully, everyone's happy with that in-depth preview. If they're not, I can't help you, mate. Really looking forward to watching the game. Uh, like I said, don't know which way it's going to go. Obviously, leaning slightly towards New South Wales, but up in Queensland, well, the Queensland side. To Queensland. You always get that feeling in your belly, don't you? They're just going to lift. I've been there too many times and seen it too many times. 100%. They will not fool me again. Looking forward extremely to that game. We'll have our review up and our tips for round 13 later in the week, either Wednesday night straight after the game or Thursday sometime in the afternoon. Big thank you to Penrith Solar Centre, www.penrithsolarcentre.com.au, 1829. 2030, if I've got that one right off the top of my head. Now, 1800 202930, give them a call today, get on board, and the Pro Sports Syndicate, look out for their promo offer for Origin, get on top of the NRL season tips package. If it does not turn over a profit for the season, you get next year free. And uh, for now, enjoy your week, enjoy Origin, and we will be back either Wednesday night or Thursday afternoon. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.